Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. I'm Tirsa Tustel here with Frank Sanders, Johnny Venerable. What's up, guys? Frank, what you got behind you now? Uh, oh, I flipped the room a little bit for you guys. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, my little kid, my, my kids over there, my girls, they were babies. Right What's covered up? <laughs> We don't bring it out too much. It was a picture of me um, standing next to my picture uh, in the stadium. So typically, Johnny, you know this, when you guys are up in the sweet club level, um, every yeah. suite has a picture of a player standing next to or by one of the suites going into the doors. And that's me or me standing next to me. Uh, at one of the suites in the uh, at the at State Farm Arena or State Farm Stadium, excuse me. Yeah, so pretty slick. And nice. I'm getting it back. Get some trophies, my golf trophies, right there. My golf bag, right there. One of my golf bags. Uh, so yeah. But please tell script. me you thought about the setup and said, you know what? I think I'm going to put my golf bag behind. Oh, absolutely. Which is sad. <laughs> I, feel like it's, it's, I should have moved it about three yards by right here. It should be somewhere right here. A little disappointed <laughs> in the setup, but I'll fix it next time. That's I'll, all right. I'll, Maybe I'll, look after 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 this past week's performance. I almost did this from the toilet, so you'd be okay. <laughs> Would have been very fitting. <laughs> yeah. Well, Elon Musk already in the chat saying Elon here. Fans are still waiting for Cardinals to play like the best team in football again. We've talked at length about their downhill slide to end the season, which begs the question. Let's get right into it. Who is on the biggest hot seat, if anyone, between Kyler, Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph? Would one of you guys like to take a crack at it? I'm happy to I'm happy to take the first crack at it. I am. I've been thinking long and hard about this. Cheerson posed this question earlier in the day, giving me ample time to respond. I am going to go with Vance Joseph because I believe, even though I say this kind of sounding ignorant because the man could be on his way to Miami to interview for the Dolphins head opening, um, the vacancy now via Brian Flores is firing. I think it's Vance. The defense, by and large, has been healthy upwards of the last month and a half, and they are surrendering 28 points per game. I know that they forced a couple key turnovers, and the offense has has not looked good. But to me, I think there's just too much talent in the front seven to be this bad, especially against the run. Where is the pressure coming from? I was so enthralled with Vance and the job he did earlier this year, taking over for Cliff, interim coach. It's probably why he's getting a lot of recognition now. And while I don't think that – a complete, you know, breakdown defensively ahead of Monday night's game will lead to him being fired. I don't think that's coming. What I do think is that they were like the, like the offense were on a trajectory of dominance. The difference is the offense lost arguably its best player in Deandre Hopkins missing key players at running back. No Rondell Moore. I know he's missing Marco Wilson and Robert Alford at times in the secondary. The front seven, they've invested so much in the front seven, and it just remains far too average. So I, I'm going to go Vance with 1A, 1B. I'm going to go Kyler. Kyler number two, Cliff Kingsbury, one earlier this year with Colt McCoy. Kyler Murray, number one overall pick. Like I, 
I want a takeover game third year. To me, he he's number two behind Vance. Wow. Frank's not feeling my picks by the by the looks of it. Uh, not at all, brother. I'm like Vance is look, we said this earlier when the conversation from the college ranking started to dial in on our coach, talking about that they wanted him, Cliff Kingsbury, that being that. Um, look, I'm going to say none of them are on the hot seat. And the reason why is because when you win, you're wanted. Definitely, um, it has not been fabulous the last six or seven games, but to get a team into the playoffs, it kind of solidifies the job for you. And if you're not fired, you're going to leave. You can leave because the options of going other places are there if your contract's not intact. Kyler Murray is your first-round draft pick. He does everything absolutely well for the most part. I mean, he still has a lot of things to grow in, and that verbal vibrato that we want out of our quarterback He's not that guy yet, but I definitely don't think we're going to let him go. Scott just broke some stupid record of, like, what, 70 touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like the numbers are just there. They got his back. Vance Joseph, look, there's been a lot of things we can say good and bad, but in truth, He's wanted. He's on the list for somebody saying, dude, come come over here, bro. And so that kind of takes away the sting of firing me because I'm wanted. If we were if we were sitting like the Seahawks, then yeah, you could fire me and I'd be I'd accept that job. He'd be fired Monday on the plane ride back, about somewhere between what I think about 945, 1055. He'd be fired if if we lose this game. If if he was if if our situation was bad. I don't see that happening with any of these coaches right now. And Steve Kahn, guess what? What he's only thing he's ever done is not giving away our first round draft picks for the last five years, like your boy over in, in St. Louis trying to get a excuse me, the Los Angeles Rams trying to get a win so bad they sold themselves to not the devil, but offer offer up. Like we'll take anything for whatever you want to give us for our first round draft picks. None of these guys right now just don't see under the, under the under the scope of being fired because they're wanted. I'm only going that way, Johnny, because they're wanted. But in truth, the last couple of months, the way, the way this thing has looked the last couple of weeks, not winning at home, not getting your guys motivated to win at home is a reflection of Cliff Kingsbury, nobody else. And that that will that will fall on him, the chopping blocks. If I'm going to say somebody, then it'll be him. And I'm going to have to put an expiration point on this uh, tattoo um, if that does happen, but that will be an expiration date on this tattoo just because it only lasted through 2021 or a little bit of 2022. So that'd be it. So those you thoughts. wouldn't dare. I would dare. Don't dare me. I'll do it. I'll, you see me. I'll do it. You know, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will. <laughs> well, I thought long and hard about this as well, because the question stemmed from Basically, fans on social media calling for mm-hmm. Vance's job, Cliff's job, Kyler's job, Kime's job. And we all know how social media can get. I mean, it's a place to vent. It can be an ugly and dark place. But it, it made me think, you know, it, it goes along with the disappointment of the way the Cardinals ended the regular season. And so I was like, well, you know, there probably is somebody that you could point to and say, you know, they're on a hot seat. Then I thought about it and I retract those thoughts. I don't think anyone is on the immediate hot seat, although you could make an argument for, uh, you know, this is all part of Kyler's resume, all part of Cliff's resume. It all compounds. And if 
it, you take this season, which was a disappointment, and then you you backslide next season. Well, now you've got you know those two to look at, et cetera. So it, they can definitely compound. And so I, I don't think it's an immediate um, hot seat for anybody, but that's where my thought is. And the reason why I don't think that anyone's on any sort of immediate hot seat is because I was taking a look at the numbers and the Cardinals have, this is the sixth time that they have made the postseason since moving to Arizona. They missed out on the other 28 seasons. And Frank knows a, a lot about that as well. I was part of, I was seven of those was part of my season. So I definitely understand that. I do. 28 seasons missing the playoffs, only six. This is only the sixth time they've ever made it to the postseason since moving to Arizona. With that being said, it's not going to turn around overnight. And getting to the playoffs in three years with your current staff is a feat, in my opinion, considering where this franchise has been. Fair. Fair. And I think Michael Bidwell would sell his soul for sustained success, something this franchise has never had. Flash in the pans with old coaches, old quarterbacks. This is what they visualize when they hired Cliff Kingsbury and they drafted Kyler Murray. The issue, though, is the late season collapses. You just you can't ignore them. They happened last year. They were all but guaranteed to make the playoffs last year. 90 plus percent didn't do it this year. All but guaranteed to win the division. Blew it, right? Couldn't couldn't seal the deal. Like that's that's a real thing. Now, I I, I agree with both of you. I don't think anybody's gone after this year. Um, barring something unforeseen Monday night, if players quit, if they just look completely dejected and out of sorts. So I I I don't think we can expect any immediate changes. Could I see like a Bill Davis linebacker coach get fired? Yeah, that that would make some sense to me. Make a position change or two, kind of like they fired the receiver coach last year. But uh, what I will say is it's going to be a narrative all offseason, just like it was last year. I, I don't think that that is something that Kime and Bidwell specifically want to have hanging over them. Michael Bidwell put out that video last year, basically breaking down that this, this season was not good enough. We collapsed at the end. We expected the playoffs. And next year, we expect to make the playoffs. And then I think he'll put out a similar statement if they lose Monday night, saying – we made, we made progress, but it's still not good enough. We will make the necessary changes this offseason to get us over the hump. So I, I just – I can't ignore this team's record in December and January the last two years. I just can't. That's why I back up my statement with they're going to blame the head coach just on the table. I mean, he's the head coach, and no matter what happens, the defense has – it's been what it's been, but it's, it hasn't been dismal. And – that in some light points to if you want to point to anything that's going to get Cliff fired is that look at our home record. You can't get your guys up to win at home. Like on the road, that's fine, but you can't get your guys to win up at home. That's a big slap in the face, man, to management and organization when Michael Bidwell could be collecting a pretty good check on Monday night if the, if, if the game was here. And that banner being raised would have meant that much more to – Michael Bidwell's resume and what he's done with this team thus far. And so it is, a, that would be something that we'd have to look at because not winning at home <clears throat> to me is a greater slap in the face when it comes to how you coach your team. How do you get your guys ready? What does it take to get them ready on the road? You would think would be more focused, but 
just doesn't seem like it. So it points it points to me that Cliff would be the guy. But again, these all these guys are wanted. So if you don't want to sign these guys back, then more likely um, all these guys will be picked up immediately. Even Steve Kimes. I mean, look again, he's managed the Cardinals um, in some ways that have been pretty. He hasn't developed the offensive line, but he's went out and picked some guys and brought them in. They haven't always been healthy and been able to finish the season. You know that better than I do, JV, over the last couple of years. A lot of guys he brought in up solid guys from other teams just couldn't get healthy when they got to the Cardinals. And yeah. so right now, that would be something that we look at. You know, got a couple people in the chat talking about, you know, Brandon's talking about Cliff, you know, and then he said he said he'd rather let Cliff go. He also said, Miami, please take V. You know, VJ, I'm 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 it's kind of like what's going to happen, you know, if at the end of the day anyway. So you don't really have to kind of just, you know, that's kind of like the obvious in some areas because the conversation is that these guys are wanted because what they're able to do and what they've been able to do um, with with this team. I mean, just considering that they haven't had their players. I don't think it's obvious anymore that Vance Joseph is going to get another opportunity as a head coach in the National Football League this offseason. I don't I mean we certainly were having that conversation earlier in the season. I don't know that that want is still there. Uh obviously Miami requested or reports have come out that Miami requested an interview with him, but I don't know that he's as wanted. He's not the same guy in terms of uh value uh to to outsiders in my opinion as he was earlier in the season, especially with um, you know, especially depending on what happens in this game against the Rams too. If, if the, if the defense has another pork outing, I just don't see that happening, but you know, uh, they did request an interview. A hundred percent agree. I think that when he was marveling as the interim head coach, while Cliff was out with COVID, he was suddenly on everybody's radar and the Cardinals, unlike this season, Finished last season pretty well defensively. Had a couple good performances on defense to finish the season. This year, it's it's just not the case. And so I, I, I do think to the people who are pushing the narrative that Vance deserves to be fired, it's only because, guys, that somebody like Vic Fangio is available. There's no guarantee that you could even court Vic Fangio to come to Arizona, that you could get him and make a move before he wasn't already – he might be hired – before the playoffs start, he might be hired in the next week when the Cardinals are still assessing what they need to do. So I just, that's a long shot to me. What could end up happening is if you part ways with Vance Joseph and you put all your chips into one basket, whether it's Fangio or somebody else, and you don't get that individual, you're left at the altar and you could be significantly worse next year. You know, the grass, I had somebody tweeted me, the grass isn't always greener, and that's true. Now, that shouldn't be the standard here. We should want to improve. And my biggest gripe with Vance Joseph, you guys know this, is his failure to develop the inside linebackers that the Cardinals spent such a premium in draft capital on. And so maybe there's a difference of philosophy. Maybe they need to hash that out after the season because that can't continue. But, I mean, things can always – we've seen it with Wilkes, we, with a lot of these coordinators the Cardinals had defensively. The Cardinals can get much, much worse. So I, I, I would say – Let's all just cross our fingers for a good showing on Monday night by the defense. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but Cliff, Fangio, and Flores all entered their, I guess you wouldn't say current jobs because the, the two others just got fired, but they were all hired uh, by their last team at the same time. 
They've had three seasons now, and two of them have been COVID seasons in some way. Mm-hmm. It, I know this is why I'm not a general manager because I give grace maybe where people don't deserve it. But it's it's interesting to see both of those. I, I, I could have seen probably the Broncos move, uh, but the Dolphins, I felt like Flores um, was probably let go prematurely. And yeah. I would definitely give grace over anybody coaching in, in the in the National Football League the last few years, especially uh, when you're one year in and then all of a sudden you hit the pandemic. That's that's so much. And I, I know we have just talked about it so much that we're kind of like numb to that really being, uh, you know, and we say, oh, every team's dealing with it. But that's a enormous challenge as if it's not hard enough to be a head coach in the league uh, already. But with those names being, uh, you know, up for grabs and, and interviewing for jobs now, it has people here in Arizona asking the question, should we kick VJ to the curb and hire Flores or Fangio, both guys that have, you know, defensive coordinator resumes as well as linebackers coach resumes. And Fangio, obviously, uh, you know, one of the the top defensive coordinators uh, you know, in the league. So what would you guys say about a hire of one of those guys? Fangio would be a slam dunk. He'd be the best defensive coordinator they've had since Todd Bowles. Uh, and you could argue he's got a better resume than Bowles. And what he does is is exactly what the Cardinals desperately need is he goes into organizations, whether it's San Francisco with Alden Smith, with Patrick Willis, with Navarro Bowman, and reshapes their linebacking core from a 3-4 standpoint into an elite unit, or in Chicago with Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack and, and Robert Quinn and those guys, he he transforms your linebackers into your biggest strength defensively. And that's what the Cardinals are trying to do. They've got three linebackers in their presumed starting four that we were told before the season that were first-round picks. The other... Marcus Golden was a second round pick. Jordan Hicks has a nice salary. They've invested a premium at that position. And yet we see Joe Walker on the field. We see Tanner Vallejo on the field. Zavin Collins is playing eight snaps. Isaiah Simmons is lost at times. He's got four <clears throat> tackles for loss on the season. How is that possible? He he would come in and be the magic elixir and saying, I'll take care of these guys. They're supremely gifted. I will put them in positions where not only you be successful, like what he did with Khalil Mack took him to a different level in Chicago. He took Alden Smith, 11th pick overall. He was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He would be able to take somebody like Xavier and say, okay, you're better suited inside or outside, and I'm going to make you dominant, just like I took Navarro Bowman, who was a third-round pick, and made him dominant. Flores, to me, they had interest once upon a time. They interviewed him the, the same cycle that, that they interviewed Steve Wilkes for. I think he's a great coach. I think he probably deserves – he does deserve another head job. And so I don't, I don't, you'd be waiting a long time before Brian Flores came to be your DC. Fangio is done being a head coach. He had his opportunity. It wasn't great. So I, I think he will be a DC next year. It just depends on what team I think is really setting him up for success and, and paying him the most money. Fangio would be my choice, Frank. I, I like the, I like the name. I like the way you spoke highly of him and what he does with linebackers, but I have to go back just a little bit. Is the is or are are the line is or are are or is the linebackers that we're drafting 
are we really putting them in the best position? We did the same thing and we failed with Hassan Reddick. And we, then we finally put him at defensive end and we finally figured out that, excuse me, he's absolutely good at being a defensive end. Yeah, I think, I think I think Fangio could identify that. And I think you just say you just trust so, him. Because right now I think fans have lost <clears> trust in Vance Joseph to be able to do that one thing. But I have a trust from – so if I go back and say on draft day, was Vance Joseph pitching for Zayvon Collins? What are you pitching for? No, I don't think so. And so then, therefore, we got a linebacker. They Oh, we got to get this big six-foot-four, 245-pound guy that probably is not a real good linebacker in the NFL. You look good in college, but you probably don't look good when it comes to in our defense and our scheme. And sometimes that becomes conflictive. We, we wasted Hassan Reddick's first couple of years here when he was trying to play a linebacker position that made it put him out there as a floater. The same thing we're doing with Isaiah Simmons if you want to talk about scheme because every defensive coach that comes in has to put a guy that fits his scheme. And if that's the case, then we're kind of muddying the waters in, 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 a, in a sense in this conversation because it really doesn't matter if we're not drafting the guys to fit the right position and then, again, you've been arguing for Mr. Collins to be on the field. That has been your plight to see him play. It has. it has. And he has not played. He's given us probably maybe three games, and that's probably 15 snaps in those games for a first-round draft pick. Who's on the hot seat? Is it our, is it our defensive coordinator? Ah, it's a yeah, when, when, it, when I see Vance Joseph play, or excuse me, Zavin Collins play, <laughs> he, he looks like a prospect. That is is green, but needs to benefit from playing more. And then I watch Joe Walker get beaten coverage, can't stop the run. And Isaiah Simmons ha- plays about five different positions, all fairly marginal at best. You got to just pick a spot, put those guys in there, and let them grow at one role. That's that's you have to. I promise you, you cannot do that in the NFL because all I would do is pick on you. And make everyone else quit because they will get tired of watching me whoop your butt. And that's what happens. Like it just, we will expose your weaknesses and that's all they do. So look, Chirsten, I'm, I'm, and JV, I'm with you that some things probably need to be done. And I mean, we don't know what would have looked, what it would look like with a healthy Phillips for the, for the most part of the year who, who we're paying a bunch of money to. Same thing with JJ Watts. We don't know what that looked like. I will say I agree with you 100%. Isaiah Simmons is out of position. He's playing four different positions, and that's a lot for a young second-year second second year first-round yeah. draft pick. So that's a lot, and I think that's – you know, he's having to pick up and learn a lot on the swing, so that's, that's different. But back to our defense coordinator, I ain't really mad at VJ. I'm really not. I like – I mean, he's, he's, he's making guys kind of make plays and guys that were not even drafted or they were late-round draft picks – that are coming in and, and getting to the ball and, and making sacks. So <clears throat> is he the coach of the defensive line? Or he doesn't know how to coach defensive backs? Jordan Hicks is not the best linebacker, Mike linebacker, but he's playing his position and he's trying to hold his role up well. We're beat up in some areas, Tristan. You know that very well. And our cornerbacks are kind of getting exposed in the back end of the season because a lot of injuries kind of flared up on the back end. So what our defensive line is able to do, again, I don't know what you can do and how you can stop the running backs that have ran against us this year, consistently averaging almost 99 to 115 yards a game against us. That in itself says that 
our defensive line is not getting off blocks and not doing their part. And our linebackers are not shedding. So that in itself, I agree. We do need to kind of make some adjustments. I'm not sure if it's just a defense coordinator fault. All right. We are going to get more into your guys' comments because they are rolling in. But first, the NFL playoffs are here and DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 Dollars in free bets if your team is victorious. Customers can also get in on DraftKings Hammer the Over promotion. For every 5,000 bettors who take the over for Saturday night's Patriots Bills game, the points total the point total will lower by half a point. Uh, Hammer the Over has hit zero every time DraftKings has run it, so bettors won the first when the first point was scored. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using the promo code PHNX and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Again, promo code PHNX this wildcard weekend at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. As always, it's 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, let's get back to some of your comments. And I'm searching for one specific one that I wanted to touch on and get uh, your guys' thoughts on. See if I can find it. It was regarding Chandler Jones dropping into coverage and how unexcusable that was and uh, uh, ticked a lot of people off. Yeah, that's Brendan Buckingham. My biggest uh, peeve with VJ is dropping Jones and Golden in the coverage, shaking my. Sometimes you got to do that, and that's the defensive scheme. You know, you're trying to create sometimes that mitts, that, 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 that little offset where the offensive line is always thinking that you're on the move to come and get the quarterback. And sometimes you got to do that. It does not look like these guys know exactly what they're doing. I agree with you 100% on that. I can't say that these guys have gotten sacks, picks, or knockdowns, pass. Pass, you know, knockdown, knock, knocking down of the pass. So I kind of agree with you on that. Doesn't look like it's effective, but that is one of the things that they're trying to use to create that little discrepancy where if you're going to blitz a safety or a cornerback, then you have to drop some guys out into those lanes. Well, we understand that. I think everybody understands that, but if it's not effective, it's not effective. So move on from that and let's not see that again. <laughs> uh, Sean saying, uh, Sean with the super chat saying, just some love for the greatest group. Thank you, Sean. We appreciate Thank that. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate that, bro. Hey, with some breaking news via the NFL transaction report, the Cardinals have released linebacker Joe Walker today. Uh yeah, I, I would imagine that's because they activated Tanner Vallejo. But to me, that I think underscores the gross misusage of Xavier Collins. You've got a guy who was a street free agent playing critical snaps for you that you cast aside on January 11th. I mean, this is a cruel, tough business. And I mean, for the people that were arguing, well, you, you got to go with the guys who the defensive coordinator feels the most comfortable with. Well, they just cut him on January 11th ahead of a playoff game. You couldn't have waited another week, week and a half, depending on how the Cardinals finished on Monday. That if if, if I'm Steve Kime and I'm I'm watching this take place, and again, that's his decision with this usage of a lot of his personnel, I would be furious. I would be absolutely furious. 
Pablo asking, where did Borders come from? Man, he was horrendous. Yeah, he was a problem on Sunday. Uh, it was one of several guys in the secondary that just made some mistakes. The Cardinals signed him off of Tennessee's practice squad mid-December uh, because they were dealing with injuries and they had to turn to somewhere. And that's different than playing a Joe Walker, right? They, they ran out of bodies. And they had to plug and play somebody. Unfortunately, you're playing Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, who's destroyed this team at home. I was upset during the course of that game because the adjustments weren't really made. You know, you remember once upon a time, the Cardinals slid Jalen Thompson over to corner when they needed to. That didn't happen. And I would also argue, you know, Kevin Peterson going out with a concussion. That didn't help. Borders didn't prepare like a starter all week. Marco Wilson presumably will be back Sunday or excuse me, Monday. Hopefully, uh, Kevin Peters can get out of concussion protocol. So you're in a little bit better spot there, but I mean that it was unfair to borders because of the situation he was put in. Uh, I agree. Um, some people also mentioning that Simmons had blown coverage, gave up a touchdown last week. Um, yeah, there. I mean, there was definitely some times where the defense got exposed. So, um, not sure if you guys know yet this early in the week, but will Breland be playing this upcoming game? Maybe him playing over Borders would have been better from Pablo. Yeah, I don't think he was ready with being in the scheme long enough. Um, Borders have been with the team for longer, maybe two or three weeks longer. They wanted to sign Breland earlier. He got listed on the COVID-19 list. I think there's a chance we could see him activated off the practice squad. It would have to happen, I would presume, before they traveled to L.A. Um, but, again, Marco, Byron, Kevin, that's probably what you're looking at, barring something unforeseen. To me, the biggest kind of note of the week defensively is J.J. Watt presumably being activated Thursday – and then there are there are rumblings. These aren't these aren't anything I'm ready to run with. Uh, but John Gambadaro, he and I exchanged a couple DMs yesterday, and he thinks there's a decent chance that we could hear some Hopkins news this week. Um, I I trust Gamble's judgment and where he gets his information from. I also saw. I don't the- think it was Hopkins news. Didn't he say that Hopkins was going to return for Monday and play? Yeah, he thinks that, and he said you check back midweek. Mm-hmm that there's a chance he's plugged in with Hopkins people that there's a chance that Hopkins could play on Monday night football. Uh, I don't know about all that. I'd be shocked. I would be too. He's on crutches, but Frank, you know, this T.O. once upon a time broke his leg, returned for the Super Bowl. I mean, stranger things have happened. They have some medicine. Let me tell you something. They got some medicine. They got some medicine. (laughs) They got some medicine that will get you through four and a half hours of, of pain. And they'll get you on an ice bucket as soon as you get off the football field. So you can you will not practice the entire week. But if you win this game versus the Rams, whoever we playing next, they're gonna have some medicine again. They got medicine out there, brother. So it is a, it is possible. It would be very surprising <clears throat> if that he did play. Um, yeah. it is just a meniscus. So you know, you can come back a lot faster than having an interior cruciate or an ACL in that area. So that is something that's different. Um, it would be very surprising to get both of these guys back to play. But remember what I told you? Remember what I said, Tristan? I will – this is not promise. 
Tuesday does not promise me that I will be going to another state or another team, excuse me, going to another city to play. I have to get ready to play for Monday because I, this this could be one and done or we could be moving on if I play. And I could just change – I could change the defensive coverage up and might open it up for some other guys. J.J. on the field just might, you know, change the offensive scheme around. And it might freeze the coach on from what he wants to do and what he thought he could do because J.J. wasn't playing. So they have to prepare for both guys and have both schemes in their minds. And, look, that would be a great surprise to see if D-Hop does play and as well as seeing hashtag number 99. I have some exciting news for you guys, but first I'll answer Pablo's uh, question about Robert Alford wanting to know if there's an update. There is no update. Uh, I would be surprised. The last update we got, I think, was last week saying that uh, it's going to be at least a few weeks before his return. So I would personally would not expect him to be back, uh, but no uh, update this week on Robert Alford. So you guys ready for the big news? Yes, I am. Yeah. 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 We have a oh. brand new t-shirt All on right. our website, phnxlocker.com. A bird gang. Uh, what would you call that sign? That is like the bird. You know, you got a bird, like bird? A, a dove, like a dove, like a bird. It's a bird sign. <laughs> Let's not call it a dove. Let's make sure that What's doesn't work. <laughs> The cardinal bird sign. We've got a brand new uh, cardinal sleeve shirt doing the uh, the dove. <laughs> I think that's a W for win. Uh, there you go. I like that. Oh, too. is that what it is? I knew it had to be. Something. I have no idea. I don't design. I like it, JV. We're running with that. Bad. That's our selling I mean, point. I'd be designing them in old Microsoft Paint if it was me, but that looks like a W. <laughs> for the W the cards are going to get, the Bird Gang are going to help us get on Monday Night Football at L.A. What better way to cap off, hopefully, a historic postseason run than with this I love sharp it. new tee. beautiful. Very sharp-looking shirt. $29.99 up on our website, phnxlock.com. If you sign up to be a member, you can get it for free. But wait, there's more. We've got a what? promo going on for all of our members. Ooh. Buy one, get one 50% off. Look at get, look at that collection of, of shirts that we've got up that are Cardinals themed. About to get, get them out. all. Get them all. Isn't that funny how the Bird Gang shirt looks like the Kyler Murray's head is like perfect behind the Bird Gang? Almost like we did that on purpose. I think. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Kyler's wearing the Bird Gang shirt. <laughs> look, your boy says them with the Wu Tang clown. Wu Tang sign. Wu-Tang. That's what that is. That's that's a Wu Tang. That's the Wu Tang. That is. That is Wu Tang as well. Classy nasty pointed that out, without a doubt. That's a fly shirt. I, I think that I'm definitely ordering. I'm into that. it too. ASAP Rocky. I'm ordering that. Let's do it. Let's do it, Frank. Can I? I want. Okay. I want. I want the same size you get though. No, we've already established <laughs> that. That would be bad news for everyone. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Let's move on to our other segment that we've got going on here. Let me just find this graphic. All right. We're going to play a little game. Which former Cardinal would you bring back to help the Cardinals make a run in the postseason? Where's Frank at? Where's Frank? 
Where is uh, Frank Sanders uh, on that list? Uh, I'm just I kidding, like Cheers. <laughs> I like it, though. And Cheers, you could have added that. My playoff stats are pretty fire. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say that Johnny helped me create this list, and Johnny needs the name. So. I forgot. <laughs> and Frank, oh, no. Ran, I came up with four of these ticks. <laughs> all right, I our options. We could do a seventh and say Frank Sanders, but on this graphic, our options are Aeneas Williams, Kurt Warner, Anquan Bolden, Adrian Wilson, Darnell Dockett, and Larry Fitzgerald. Who are we picking, guys? I like what I'm seeing from the chat right now because they're going with – wow, everybody in the chat agrees with me. I'm going number five. Give me number 90 all day long. The dirtiest player in the best possible way, the only man – up until recently with three sacks in a Super Bowl. Darnell Dockett. The Cardinals are so average defensive line. They're relying on J.J. Watt back in the dead. If you got number 90 in this game, he'd be all up in Matthew Stafford's face. Uh, my my next pick would, would, of course, be fit. But Lotone Capone's with me. Who else is with me in the chat? Cardinals update. Brandon's with me. YouTube's with me. Give me big number 90. Love Darnell. Hopefully we can get him on the show one day. It's not like I think he's the best player of all those guys. You know, I love Adrian Wilson. Cardinals have a great, you know, group of safeties already. The docket is what this team is missing right now. They they miss that mean streak. And, you know, frankly, the, the front seven needs that injection. So I'm going to go number 90, Darnell Dockett. Everyone and every player that has war, that has put on the number 81, has a mean streak. Dick Knight Train, <laughs> Roy the Jet Green, Frank Sanders, and I got to go with A.Q. Bowden. Come on, man. This nice. Guy's nice. I need a playmaker. I need somebody that's going to get out there and be nasty. He blocks. He punts. He kicks. He quarterbacks. He throws. This guy does everything, and he has that dog in him. I want 81 on the field because right now, offensively, if we had a couple guys that can make some catches on the outside – this offense will put up 40 burger, which we haven't seen all year. And I think he would be a great addition to adding that to the table. 81 all the way. Great choice. Uh, I don't know why I seem to be on an Island here because not a single person you guys or in the chat is agreeing with me. I don't see one single Kurt Warner anywhere in this chat, which I'm disappointed. Oh no. I'm going with Kurt Warner. He is has won a Super Bowl. He took the Cardinals to a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, didn't win, but it was the last time they were there. And we talked so much this year about leadership. And like leadership is not going to solve all of their problems, but it was a glaring problem to, uh, down the stretch. Uh, Kurt Warner is one of the biggest, if not the biggest name that I think of when I think of what it means to be a leader at the quarterback position, he's a pro football hall of famer. His resume speaks for itself. I'm, I'm saying, give me Kurt Warner. I would. I like, I like the pick. I, I would also like to see Aeneas Williams, Dia Cooper cup and smack him around and (laughs) hold him to about, you know, three targets for a catch in 15 yards. There are there are too many good options and and matchup benefits that we could have. Um, the only one I think just a dub to me just well, the Cardinals have great safeties already, but literally everybody else on that list 
could help them exponentially. So cheers. This is a this was Cheerson's idea of this segment. I think it's fantastic. Hope we get to do this again. I like that. That was great. I really do. Um, it's always fun to kind of go back. I agree with you. Um, the leadership of Kurt Warner would definitely is the a thousand time percent improvement um, if we had to go with Colt McCoy. And if he was the guy, you saw what Colt was able to do with this with this crew. Kurt would do, I mean, a tremendously amount more, so much more. So I agree with you on that. That is uh that's a great pick by yourself. But 81. Why is everybody hating on Kurt in the chat too? I'm like, I'm people so love confused. Kyler Cheerson. They love him so much. Oh, oh do they really? Kyler. Because I'm pretty sure there's been a lot of uh get a new quarterback talk in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I guess not from our faithful fans in the chat. So <laughs> look, the NFL AZ card to say Kurt wanna miss the tackle on Harrison in the Super Bowl. For him, that's he's out. <laughs> He can't make it tackle. So that's that, that's very steep. That's a very steep bar there by NFL AZ Cardinals. Uh, and then EST of YouTube. Now I would take Carson Palmer over Kurt. Are we forgetting everything that we've said about this team and the leadership? Everybody in the qualities? chat, eight, eighteen or younger, I think, is what's happening. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. These are everybody's in high school. I love all of you, but you're oh, you guys funny. are not. Go pull up YouTube, the two thousand eight, two thousand nine run to the Super Bowl, and how good it was. But great choices. And Kurt all at the Kurt at the time, I think, was thirty seven years old, which was pre Tom Brady making that uh, you know making forty seem young in the league. So yeah. it was uh, an incredible performance by him to get them to the Super Bowl. And I won't forget it. Have either one of you guys seen his movie? No, I want to. I'll probably watch it when it, I can stream it. Because uh, I, I usually if I take my son, who's six, to the movies, it has to be like a Marvel movie, superhero movie. I, I don't think I could get him to sit through Kurt Warner's movie, but I heard it's fantastic. It's gotten great reviews. Now I have not seen it. I kind of, you know, once you've been that close to a guy that watched him live his life, I don't think Hollywood's going to do it any better. I mean, to know his story, to see him actually live it, to see the man who became, who was a, you know, was a, a bad boy. And he, he married a woman with kids and his faith was strong. And I just don't think Hollywood could do that justice without having the right players. And it's really hard to make a football movie without doing a bunch of digitization and stuff like that and having bad props because you're just trying to capture a scene. I think that's bad. Football and stuff has to be played out. So, but... I'm glad Kurt lived it. I'm glad he's an HLF because he definitely deserves it. Cardinals update. No Carlos Dansby. He would have been number on, on that list. Cardinals update. Um, he is unquestionably the most underrated Arizona Cardinal of the last at least 10 to 15 years. One of my favorite players of all time. Uh, I agree. Carlos Dansby made a lot of plays, man. From the linebacker position, a lot of interceptions. Hello, Auburn Tiger. Yeah, a little, little Auburn Tiger in there, but he made a lot of plays. Left the Cardinals, came back, and still made plays. You know, he did. Like he, Golden, he, so. he, they keep drafting these inside backers, and they and Dansby was by far the best they've ever had. And they got him second round of that 2004 draft. It's kind of ironic, right? They they get they get Dansby, and then Darrell Washington flames out, and they just have never been able to. Figure it out since then. No. Uh -uh. Stuff. 
All right, let's take a time out to hear a message from the Arizona Department of Health. Children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. Vaccine can also reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. It is safe, free, and highly effective. COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout the state of Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash findvaccine for a location near you and help keep each other healthy and out of the hospital. All right, let's move into our final segment, winners and losers. As always, it is a Tuesday tradition here on the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Who wants to start us out? I can go. Uh, winner or loser, what are, you, what are you thinking? Kick us off. Let's go loser first and end on a high note. Ooh, loser, New York Giants organization. Since the infamous yacht boat picture with Odell Beckham and company right before their playoff game at Lambeau. That organization, five straight losing seasons. They just fired Joe Judge tonight. They were going to retain him. They were letting their GM, who's a hot mess disaster in and of its own self, retire in December. Joe Judge was supposed to be safe, started walking around the organization like he owned the place, was presumed to be cocky. It was an embarrassment. The players quit on him. The Giants now left complete strand. They have no cap space. They have no quarterback, right? Now they have to find a GM and a head coach, this once proud organization that really was the model franchise in the NFC for a lot of my my youth and my childhood, my college years, now is one of the biggest jokes in the NFL. The Mara family completely out of touch. The Giants are, are my losers today. I wonder what's more embarrassing the Joe Judge situation and the Giants organization or the Jaguars and Urban Meyer situation this season? Close. So close. <laughs> uh, I think Jags Meyer, at least they won their last game. Yeah, but Urban Meyer, just because you you get, you you brought a coach out of retirement, you, you gave him a bunch of power to, to hopefully he can come in and transform an organization with a young kid who's very talented. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud. And NFL, he he looks he has all the skill sets of Joe Burrows. I mean, when it comes to just he just doesn't have enough pieces around him yet in a running game, but his skill set um, is is there. He just I just think that he just he didn't trust and believe in the coach. Coach wasn't worthy of that moment, and uh, they got rid of him. So if it's me, Jaguars, because you gave a guy so much power and opportunity, and he just peed on it, um, and you let him go in the middle. of this. <laughs> I mean, he just peed on it. Like you, like you got, they gave you. I mean, you got to the NFL and they gave you everything you wanted. Like that's hard to do. That's that's a hard position to get. When you can be the owner, you can be the head coach and slash have a lot more power as a general manager. You didn't even get a chance to be that guy. You know, and that's just a sad position. So, look, a lot of people think it's the worst hire in the, in the history of the NFL. Very embarrassing, too. Very, very embarrassing. Yeah. Is that your loser, Frank, or you got one? I mean, I could have tagged in with that one, but I just – I didn't. I have a loser, but I, I just think um, my loser is – and I don't, I don't know how to say this the right way. I watched Sunday night football game. You guys did too. The Raiders versus the – no, I'm saying the Raiders versus the – you know, versus the Chargers. Chargers, What an yeah. exciting – what an exciting game. And just to watch a young kid, Herbert, come up, man, and fight like they fought tooth and nail. And um, I think the AFC is missing a really, really good team in the playoffs in regards to not having the Chargers there to, to compete. Um, the Steelers aren't great. They don't look good. And there's a couple other teams on the AFC 
wagon that probably shouldn't be in there. But damn, those charges look good in that fight. That was that is my loser because I really wanted to see how well this team, how far this team could go after watching a fight like that, and just came up short. Raiders could have the Raiders could have tied the ball game, and they could have got in, and the Steelers would have missed the playoffs. But they kicked the field goal, and they then they kicked the team out because that team would cause a lot of problems. Yeah, many people agreeing with NFL AZ Cardinals, who says his loser is Chargers coach Staley for calling the timeout when the Raiders were just going to tie it, SMH, LOL. But, I mean, the, the, the defense that was given was we called the timeout, changed some things up defensively. Uh, the attempt was to stop the run, which they all knew was coming and they just, yeah. just didn't get the job done and allowed the Raiders to get into field goal position to kick a field goal. So I, there's been that, uh, that argument that Staley ruined it for everybody, but it's a little, he ruined it for everybody by changing up the scheme and, and not being able to put his defense in a position to stop the run. Like that's, that's how he ruined it for everybody. Yeah, he's, he just his defense. He's a defensive coach, and his defense has been terrible all year too. Like get, get it together, Brandon. <laughs> okay, my loser is um, myself because I just learned today, what? and I did not know this. Even though I am a Sun Devil, I'm an ASU grad. I did not know that the great Al Michaels is a Sun Devil. And I tweeted that out today and got a lot of flack for it, but also got a lot of great stories about Al Michaels' connections to the Valley, including a, an interesting story about, I guess, when he was a student, he would call the Arizona Republic here in town and made up a, a fake player's name named Clint Romas. Apparently people know the story. I'd never heard of it. And he like created uh, fake stats for this fake player and he would call them in and they would publish these. Like there's a few times where he published like these non-existent games with a non-existent like player and like fake stats and obviously got in big trouble for it. I might be butchering that, that story. I was, I, somebody, there's a few people that mentioned it on Twitter. And so I did a little bit digging, a little bit of digging and that's what I found. So the story could have gotten lost in translation a little bit, but that's the gist of, I, I, we know that he at least at some point like made up um, uh, like stats. So I didn't know, I, I should know. I, I'm a proud ASU Sun Devil. I had no idea that Al Michaels was a Sun Devil. Tell Al Michaels that rap bastard to put the Cardinals on Sunday night football for once. <laughs> they didn't get put on Sunday night football once this year, uh, and presumably won't be all season. So I actually just didn't know that either. But what I do know, Pablo, web website, can I go to purchase this shirt? You can get it through our PHNX merchandise locker. Uh, so go to gophnx.com, and then at the top of the page, you can hit merch. Uh, or you can just go to phnxlocker.com and buy it now. Yeah, I think the easiest thing to do is just go phnxlocker.com, and I just put that in the chat as well for you guys. So phnxlocker.com, all of our merchandise is up on that website. And Sean made a comment too. Do I get merchandise for this phnx on my uh, on my arm? 
I mean, yeah. Well, you get a free I, lifetime I membership. Know. I should be getting something for that. <laughs> I should be getting something right there. Saul, I need something. Damn it. You should. Right. You should get every single shirt that we release the day that it's released. <laughs> Sean said he's a loser. Uh, his pockets are the loser after this stream when I scoop up a new shirt. Here's the thing, it's though. True. They're not that expensive. So... You're not, it's a win. It's a win for you. It's a win for your pockets. Cause they're not going to put a hole in your pockets. It's a win for you. Cause you got some new clothes to wear. And it's they're. I mean, like you say this for show, they're like super high quality, soft. They're not hundred percent cotton you Can wear them at all times of the year. And now you can get what essentially is two for what 45 before taxes and shipping. That's, that's a hell of a deal. So, um, yeah, yeah certainly not one. the loser. If, if you go, you'll be a winner. Um, my, my winner this week, and you guys know this pains me to say this cause I dog on him regularly, but he had a great finish to the season. Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49er head coach. <laughs> Hated so much. Uh, cause I thought big time fraud missing the playoffs. Forget the Niners. They got swept. They got beat by Colt McCoy. They went into LA and did what the Cardinals couldn't do. Uh, or what I guess the Cardinals did do it, but you know what I mean? The Niners with, with Shanahan have won six straight over the, LA Rams. They were the first team uh, in the McVay era. Sean McVay was 45 and 0 when leading at halftime. And the Niners were down 17 to 3. And they came back and won with Jimmy G at LA when LA was fighting for not only the division but the two seed. And they lost half of that. So uh, I have to give Shanahan credit. I don't think he's elite. Um, I think of a fairly marginal playoff run. But I mean he he got this team to what equates to, I believe, the sixth seed, and based on where they were, that's that's commendable. So, Kyle Shanahan, you're my winner today. I follow that bus, man. I'm going to follow that bus with almost the same similar situation, but I got to take it to college. Look, I did not believe the Georgia Bulldogs would smack up the University of Alabama. I didn't think that. I thought the same thing you thought. Look, Kirby Smart record versus Nick Saban is 0-4. He's a former assistant. There's no way they can do it. Look, the quarterback over at, at, at Georgia is just like Jimmy G in your mindset, uh, JV. He's not that good at best, but he makes plays and he keeps his guys in the game. Georgia quarterback did that very well last night. They went against the Heisman Trophy quarterback, and I thought that Georgia's not going to get it done. I bet Jerome Daniels, former tackle um, for the Arizona Cardinals, 20 bucks last week that they, they was going to get smacked up. He said Georgia's offensive line and defense line is going to punish him. And that was Man, the he was right. Game. He was absolutely right. And it was a very physical game. Not just being an SEC boy. I don't always like to see that. I would have probably preferred to see Ohio State versus one of these teams because it always makes it a little more interesting. But it was a great game last night. And the better team came out and won. Georgia put it on, put it on Bama. And they were physical throughout the game, offensively and defensively. And um, kudos to Kirby Smart. That's a big-time win for the program, having won it in, what, 50, 41 years. That's a big win um, for an SEC team, especially to beat Alabama. All right, before I get into my loser, counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers on the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game this weekend. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team is victorious. Again, that's using the code PHNX over on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
All right. My loser has to do with that national championship game yesterday as well. Or sorry, my winner has to do with the national championship game as well. Keely Ringo, freshman that had a pick six to seal Georgia's national title, uh, came out of Saguaro High School. I covered him here in the Valley while he was you know, playing high school football. His mother, uh, Tralee, she has uh, been battling cancer throughout this year uh, and has become her story and, and her presence has become such a big part of the culture out in, uh, in Georgia and with the Georgia fan base and, you know, her story is being shared across the country. So those two combined is just a, a feel good story. People that you want to root for and just to see him excel as a freshman coming out of, you know, just last year playing here in the Valley was awesome to see him make that play. Uh, I think his head coach said that he wanted him to uh, not run the ball back because they were trying to run out the clock. And he said, no way, Jose, I'm getting my six and I don't blame him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's awesome to see. Johnny, I will see you tomorrow. And Frank, Johnny, I will see you both on Friday. And Johnny and I are also getting ready to head out to L.A. this weekend, which I'm super excited about. So we've got a lot of great things to be looking forward to. Excited to preview this game versus L.A. with you guys throughout the week. But uh, for now, if you have not subscribed to our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts or our YouTube channel or followed us on social media at PHNX underscore Cardinals, we'd appreciate if you would do that. We appreciate you joining us as well. And we'll see you tomorrow.